Thanks for tuning into the Texas Family Law Podcast, where we provide you tips and insight to help you navigate divorce and child custody situations. This is Brian Walters. And I'm Jake Gilbreth. We are the managing partners at Walters Gilbreth PLLC with offices in Houston, Austin, and Dallas. And we're both board certified in family law by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization. Your hosts are broadcasting from the Lone Star State of Texas, where both have earned a reputation as fierce and effective advocates, both inside and outside the courtroom. All right, so this week we are talking about a pretty broad topic again, temporary orders. Brian's here with me. Uh, Just so everybody knows, you're going to hear a little baby, hopefully asleep right now but those little infant noises are my son walker asleep on me so he doesn't have much to contribute to the podcast other than of course he agrees with everything that his dad's going to say i wanted to explain the background noise a little bit so let's talk about let's talk about temporary orders brian i'm going to give you a really broad question what are temporary orders and let's just stick with that then we'll talk about why do you need them they're quick relief they're not an immediate relief from a court really being the court tells somebody to do something or not to do something is a temporary restraining order. But those are rare and those are by law only supposed to last uh, 14 days. That doesn't get you very far down the road. So to get you for the structure of how everything is going to look until your case is finalized, we call that the temporary orders period. And you need a, if you don't agree, you need a hearing to set up those orders. They're particularly important, I think, in divorces, because Texas, as I understand it, is the only state without a legal separation concept. So it's the kind of the Texas equivalent of a legal separation where you, two spouses, set up rules real quickly about who's going to pay what bills and where the money's going to go. And of course, with kids, in any kid case, it's going to set up about how visitation, child support, custody is going to look in those in that period until the case is finalized. Yeah. And talk about the importance of it is these hearings happen, like you were saying, happen really quickly. The case gets filed. If there's a restraining order that has to be done within 14 days. And a lot of times there's benign restraining orders that if there's a county, and we talk about this more in detail on the website, but if there's a county that doesn't have what's called a standing order when the divorce is filed, you have to get a restraining order that, that may not be as awful as it sounds. It may just be the sort of standard one, which says don't transfer money or hide the kids or anything like that. But even then, you got to set a hearing within 14 days. So these things are done really quickly. And then like you were saying, Brian, as far as the importance of them with kid cases, and we've talked about this a little bit when we talk about juries, but it's it sets the precedent what's going to happen on a custody case. If you have a family that can't agree on possession access or conservatorship of a kid, what a judge says on temporary orders is a lot of times difficult to, to undo on final trial. Do you agree with that, Brian? Oh, for sure. And I've seen it happen. It does. I've seen juries or judges occasionally flip things around, but it's rare. And it's pretty, and, and everybody knows that. And so not only is it difficult to flip that on a, on a trial, but it's such a well-known concept that most cases just kind of people could just give up and settle at, after, if they don't get their way on a temporary orders hearing, which isn't yeah. always the right thing to do, but, it, but that's a very right. common dynamic. Yeah, but particularly we have cases, if you're Travis County or Bear County, you go to, we have what's called a rotating docket in those two counties and the court rotates. I mean, the judges rotate. So you may have one judge with temporary orders, you may have a different judge for final, 
Harris County, Dallas County, like Williamson County, counties like that, whatever judge hears your temporary orders is probably going to be the judge that hears your final orders. You may be in Harris County, have an associate judge hear temporary orders, and then a district judge hear final. Like Williamson County, if you're in County Court 4, John McMaster is going to hear, Judge John McMaster is going to hear your temporary orders and your final. So if you did a big old swing and a miss on temporary orders, and then you're in front of the same judge six months later, it is hard. It makes it difficult. That's That results in a lot of jury demands, or at least from in our firm, if people come to us or a judge misses the ball on temporary orders, a lot of times we'll make a jury demand in those situations. But you don't want to be in that situation. You want to rent, uh, win it right off the bat. And so you're doing 14 days, essentially doing this pretty important hearing there's a lot of law firms out there that I think get caught flat-footed or they don't come, they don't take it seriously, they don't come up prepared, and then all of a sudden they're behind the eight ball for the rest of the case. Um, we get hired a lot, I think, of those situations where a lawyer, you know, on the other side, a lawyer for, prior lawyer for a client uh, didn't take a temporary orders hearing seriously, but the client lost on temporary orders and they come to us and we're, we're fixing the situation, which you, you know, like I said, can do. But you don't, you prefer to get it right the first time. Talk to me about time limits, Brian, because you, you and I take cases all over, all over the state of Texas. What are the time limits that you've seen courts do on temporary orders? Are you talking about the, the amount yeah. of time that you're allowed to, to litigate it? Yeah, yeah. But, but we yes. ask, you and I are on the other side. Our clients can't agree on custody. They can't agree on who's staying in the house. And they can't agree on support. And how bills are going to get paid. How, it, how different can that look throughout the state? <laughs> wildly different. I started my practice out in Austin, and we could just roll down to the courthouse and tell the judge we wanted three days for a hearing, and we would get it. I remember being hired at 11 a.m. one morning and starting a three-day hearing on temporary orders at, at 1.30, two and a half hours later. That was quite interesting. The other extreme is Collin County, uh, north of Dallas, and you are allowed... 20 minutes aside, and that includes the lawyers talking. And that's it. And with those 20 minutes, they are going to determine, as we just told you, probably the future of, of at least your children's issues. I think the financial issues in, in that situation in a divorce would be less important. But And most counties are somewhere in between. I think you're typically going to get a couple of hours, one or two hours aside is pretty typical these days. And then they'll give you more if you have a some kind of burning issue or really complex matter. Is that sort of the situation that you've seen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Travis County, I think, is probably the most unique where Austin is. Travis County is probably the most unique in the state where they have what's called the long docket where you can show up on first of all, it's got a central docket like Bear County, where you don't know what judge you're going to get until you show up. Because of the central docket, they I think the central docket counties have a have the ability to get two cases more than counties that don't have don't have a central docket. Now the downside of course is that you gain in front of parked in front of random judges that may that don't know the case. But because of that, cases tend to get reached more, so you get a little more time in those counties for temporary orders. But Travis County, it, what makes it even more unique is it has what's called the long docket. And the long docket is Monday settings where you need more than three hours. And if you roll up on the long docket for temporary orders, yeah, they'll give you, you show up and announce two days, they'll give you two days. And if you announce four days, five days, you have to know the, how the docket looks that day because they're probably not going to give a temporary orders hearing that's more than three days to an associate judge because they need those associate judges for 
short docket cases. So you have to know the strategy behind that when announcing. But yeah, you could be in a long hearing. I've done temporary orders hearing with experts involved and hundreds of exhibits and thousands of pages of medical records. And you got it all together in two weeks, which I think for clients probably sounds like uh, a lot of time. But if you understand your know, litigation, how much preparation, if you do it right, how much preparation goes into a hearing, that's a lot of preparation in a really short amount of time. If you think about civil lawyers that do personal injury cases or medical malpractice or, or contract disputes, they're, they're preparing. They have a week-long trial and they case has been on file for two years or something before they go to court. And then the family lawyers, the good ones are rolling in, doing a week-long trial with two weeks worth of preparation, or if you're Brian, two hours worth of preparation. It's, it just goes back to that importance of hiring somebody that's not afraid to do that. Uh, my guess, Brian, is that client that called you called around a lot of people, maybe called you first, but whoever else, they if they did call anybody else, the lawyer told them they're crazy and there's no way they're going to touch that case and do that. And then you're the one that actually would go do that and probably do a really good job at it. It was, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure like, you know, most people, she was probably trying to find the first good lawyer she could find. And yeah, I'm, I bet you not anybody else would have, uh, would have taken that on. So I did. <laughs> so how orders. long do you think temporary orders, can they be modified once a judge does them? Can they be modified as they the case can. progresses? They can. And that also is a difference county to county. Again, I found Travis County, Austin uh, to be pretty easy to do that. And other counties in Harris County, Houston, uh, mostly you're going to have to you have high burden. You typically have to have an affidavit and a, a very special reason to do that. And that's not always easy to do. The courts are usually looking for ways to avoid relitigating the same thing that they're going to have to deal with at the end of the case, unless there's something dramatic that occurs. So I, I think you should plan on those temporary orders lasting you through till the end of the case in, in almost all cases. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Now, of course, I think what's important to remember through all this, we're talking about court and everything. And a lot of cases they get kicked off and everybody agrees on temporary orders. So they agree to a lot of things on temporary orders. They separate, divorce gets filed and everybody knows that the wife is going to stay in the house and the husband's already moved out or the wife already moved out. And maybe they have a dispute about temporary support, but they know what they're going to do with the kids, or there's a general idea what they're going to do with the kids. And they're working out a lot of the issues and then maybe going to court on one or two of them or working them out completely. We're talking about these four or five day trials on temporary orders or these big issues. And that happens sometimes. We get hired a lot when people can't agree on anything on temporary orders. But it also happens a lot where people work it out and the lawyers put their heads together, come up with creative uh ways to handle the case while the case is pending. Because really, temporary orders is, is just a band-aid that's trying to get you to your final trial. So you can either re resolve it in mediation, resolve the whole thing in mediation, or go try it if you can't. Sometimes we work them out where both sides are thinking it's not perfect, but it, it's probably it's definitely not something that's going to last that they would agree to if it's going to last till their children turn 18. It's something that everybody can live with while while the case gets worked up for final trial. So when we talk about on our website, the five steps of every single case, I try to remind people at any given time, you can work this stuff out, but you also need to be prepared and have a lawyer who's prepared to go to court if it doesn't work out. Because that, that happens and you don't want to, like we talked about, you don't want to get caught flat-footed and then you're, you've got this big hole to dig out of if things don't go your way on temporary orders. Or you don't want to agree to something really silly on temporary orders and then you go talk to do a consult with me or Brian and we're going, oh, I wouldn't have agreed to that. We'll help you. We'll 
try to get you out of it. I've seen lawyers get their clients to agree to some pretty silly stuff on temporary orders, just trying to avoid the courthouse that the lawyer doesn't want to go to, doesn't want to have a hearing. And then I think, and, and probably haven't had the discussion that we're having with the clients of, yeah, these are temporary orders, but these really do set a precedent. Somebody comes in your office, Brian, and says, I agree to 50-50, no child support on temporary orders because my lawyer told me it's just temporary. Don't worry about it. Would you would you agree with that advice? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's really egregiously bad. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Because uh, you're going to get stuck. It's, it goes back to that. If you, if you agree on temporary orders and you show up a final trial and go, well, yeah, I agree to that on temporary orders, but no, Judge, I don't want to do that anymore. That's a hard pitch. There's reasons and you can do it. And I've, I've gotten people out of when they've had different lawyers and agreed to something that I wouldn't have done on temporary orders. And I've, you know, been able to go to court and you got to be able to explain it to the judge or say, this was temporary or here's what was going on at that time. Here's why that doesn't work anymore. This all goes back to you want to handle it right the first time. If it's not handled right the first time, we get hired a lot on those cases and we fix a lot of those situations, but it's better to get it right the first time. So I think that's a pretty broad overview of what it is. I think you'll hear in the podcast, we interweave the, the temporary orders and the effect it has on a divorce when we talk about other issues like final trial and jury trials, and guardians, and stuff like that. But that's a pretty good broad overview. Don't you think, Brian? I do. We could spend a lot of time on the, the drill down on it, and, and we will, I'm sure, in future podcasts, but this is a good overview of this very important topic. Yeah, absolutely. And more stuff on our website talking about it, something I know you and I have written on quite a bit. So we'll continue addressing it, and we'll see everybody next time. Okay. Sounds good. All right, bye, y'all. Bye.